It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. From the place we affectionately call Peak North, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you for making us a part of your day. And uh, I told you I'd get to a Saturday night podcast. Well, technically it's Sunday morning because it's daylight savings time and it's about one o'clock in the morning here in Oklahoma. And hey, if you're listening in another part of the world, let me know if your country does daylight savings time. It's really stupid, but we do it here in America. So is anybody else doing it? I don't know what the purpose of it is. And I'm sure I could have looked it up to see if other countries do it, but that would deprive us of the social interaction that we want to not just talk about the Thunder, but everything else. All right, enough of that. Let's talk about the Thunder because there's a lot to unpack. I just went back and watched that Clippers-Thunder game for the second time uh, before I did this podcast today. And I will tell you, if Paul George spending $25,000 to complain about the refs was even worth it for him and the Oklahoma City Thunder Plus, there's something that happened in that game that I'd, I'd never seen before ever in any NBA game. I'm not even sure I've seen it in a basketball game. I'll tell you what that is coming up. Plus, I'll explain why the free throw discrepancy wasn't near as bad as everyone likes to make it out to be. That is going to be one of these things that that everybody harps on. If you're Terrence Ferguson, ask Billy Donovan to see this video quite over and over again. You need you need to see this video, and you you have things that you as a defender, as an overall basketball player, can learn from Patrick Beverly. I realize that's a sin to say that, considering the fact that this is a Thunder podcast and everybody still hates Patrick Beverly, but there are certain things that Patrick Beverly does that can translate very well to Terrence Ferguson's game. And then finally today, we'll talk about some positives that happened in that game last night. There weren't many. But the one that did happen was huge. And what it says about the Thunder is they start to get ready for postseason play. My name's Eric G. I'm a credential member of the media. I work for 1340 The Game in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I have been covering the Thunder for five years and been doing this podcast for a year now. Woohoo! Yay, year anniversary. If you like what you hear, I would ask that you would listen in your car. All you got to do is tell your smart device to play the Locked on Thunder podcast. And you can always subscribe on Apple iTunes. And you can listen on Stitcher and Spotify. And don't forget about all the other podcasts in the Locked On Podcast Network, like Locked On Sooners. Or, uh, hey, you know, maybe you're a Dallas Cowboys fan. We've got a Locked On Cowboys. We've got a Locked On Mavericks. We'll take care of you. We're the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Paul George needs to shut up about the refs. Unless he's just into spending the massive fortune that he's compiled for playing basketball and shoe contracts. It's not money well spent. This latest $25,000 that he got dinged for 
isn't going to help him, and it's not going to help the Oklahoma City Thunder. It doesn't matter that the last call on him last night, that sixth foul that he got, Paul George needs to shut up about the refs. Unless he's just into spending all the fortune that he's amassed while playing basketball, either through shoe contracts or NBA contracts, it's not money well spent. And I'll grant you this. I thought the last foul that was called on Paul George, that sixth foul on Patrick Beverly was a garbage call as George got his shoulder into him and Beverly really really did a poor job of selling it. It was really one of the worst flops you're ever going to see in the NBA. That shouldn't have been called a foul, but truthfully, you want to be honest about that? He could have gotten dinged for the foul on Dillo Gallinari that didn't get called the play before that. As Gallinari went up for, as Gallinari was going up for a layup and then fell down, it certainly looked like George touched him, and that could have been called a foul. And he got away with one there. And what was funny is Michael Cage, who, as you know, I mean, if you're watching Thunder games, you know he's notorious for criticizing the refs. Michael Cage goes off when Paul George fouls, legitimately fouls Lou Williams in the third quarter, trying to steal the ball and shoves Lou Williams out of the way. He goes off on that one, but doesn't really go off on the Beverly one, probably because somebody said something to him, or at least he was thinking he was being too critical of the refs at that time. And the call on Russell Westbrook, despite what the last two-minute report said, that sixth foul when Gallinari did not have his feet set, I rewound it about four or five times. Yeah, those should have been called. But every foul up into that between Russ and Paul George were fouls. The Thunder fouled a lot last night. And one of the reasons they did that is because they were tired. You just play an overtime game. You're on the second of a back-to-back. You're playing a team that rested for four games. The Clippers were the quicker team. And they were doing an excellent job of getting into the paint. Scored 52 points in the paint last night. All of that, I thought, was Lou Williams. As it turns out, it really wasn't all Lou Williams. But... When that happens and you're playing the physical brand of basketball that the Oklahoma City Thunder are playing, you are going to foul. The Thunder have made a commitment to being a dominant defensive team and being a dominant physical team. And when you make that kind of commitment, especially when you decide that you are going to guard the paint and be as tough on anyone going to the rim as Oklahoma City will be, as in particular Jeremy Grant will be or Steven Adams will be, you're going to foul. And you're going to send teams to the free throw line. That being said, as an overall stat, the Thunder send the, the Thunder send people to the free throw line the fifth most in the NBA. As a team, the Thunder go to the free throw line the third most in the NBA. So Paul George's complaints really aren't warranted. And what Paul George is really trying to tell you and me and the NBA is that he wants to get treated like a superstar. He wants to get treated like LeBron James and Kobe Bryant so that when he makes a defensive play and he does foul someone or he touches them, that's just a dude playing good defense and he wants to be able to get away with it. And when somebody touches him, he wants to go to the free throw line. And he doesn't feel like he's getting that star treatment. He's not getting the respect that he feels like he deserves. That's really what Paul George is saying. And the only way that's going to change is if Paul George wins Defensive Player of the Year this year, which he could, or wins MVP this year, which he can, 
then he'll start to see that kind of come to fruition. But right now, the more he complains, not only does he put himself in danger and cost him money, but he also puts the Thunder in danger. Because refs get sick of it. And the refs will start looking. The refs have already started looking at Paul George as if he's a whiner. Because they don't want to hear it. They're human. They've got a job to do too. Yes, they screw up. But the more you're critical of them, the more they're going to hold it against you, the more they're going to put him under a microscope and not give him the benefit of the doubt. And the more that that will start to spill over to the team because they know just how physical that the Thunder want to play. And last night, it, all, all, both, of the, both of their fouling severely hurt the Thunder because they weren't on the court for the last couple of minutes of the game where the Thunder need both those guys to be clutch. They hurt Oklahoma City last night. It wasn't the refs. It was Paul George and Russell Westbrook who hurt Oklahoma City. And and let's not forget that the Thunder led 99-98 in that game with 4.06 left to go and had ample opportunity to win it and get themselves away from the Clippers. They just didn't do it. And if you want to talk about the discrepancy, like if you're screaming at the podcast, well, what about the discrepancy in the free throws? The Clippers shot 46. The Thunder shot 26. Did you watch the game? Yes. But remember, the Clips missed 15 of those free throws. So the Clips kind of suffered from Thunder disease last night in the fact that they weren't necessarily hitting. Yeah, it made a difference, but it wasn't the total difference in the game. That was Lou Williams and the Thunder's inability to defend him. And I will say this, that when it comes to the Thunder's free throw shooting, another reason why you see the Thunder get fouled so much is just because there's no danger in, in, in fouling them. There's no danger in sending them to the line. And until the Thunder can prove that they can hit with any sort of frequency, Teams are going to continue to foul them. They may not foul Paul George, but they're going to foul everybody else on this team. And when it comes playoff time and you decide, look, we know the Thunder are going to be physical. If I'm playing against the Thunder in the playoffs, I am going to do everything I can to be physical with them. I want to frustrate them. I want to get them on the line because I know at best they're probably going to go 50% everybody else besides Paul George. So it feels like there's very little risk involved. You just got to make sure that you're spreading out those fouls uh, throughout the team so you're not getting in foul trouble and some of your best players aren't fouling out. And uh, on that note, that that last night is the first time ever in an NBA game that I've ever seen the three best players from one team foul out. It didn't matter when Steven Adams fouled out um, since it was the it was towards the end of the game, but I've never seen that happen before. Impact large with Russell Westbrook and Paul George going out, not so much uh, with Steven Adams. And as far as the the Twitter beef with Patrick Beverly that's going on between Paul George and PG, Beverly got scoreboard last night, and he's got the numbers to back it up. Um, With the turnovers, the points, the the bad shooting efficiency, it was Patrick Beverly's night uh, to reign supreme. Uh, in that game, at least on Paul George. And coming up next here on Locked on Thunder, I'll tell you what Terrence Ferguson can learn from Patrick Beverly. It's all right here on LOT. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. 
but there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring, but for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Remember to check out Locked On Thunder in your car. All you have to do is ask your smart device to play the Locked On Thunder Podcast, and uh, it'll do so. It'll be more than glad to do so because your smart device works for you. They haven't taken over the world yet. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on Apple iTunes, and you can uh, listen on Stitcher and Spotify. It is the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yeah, I'm a little delirious. It's technically uh, 12.30 on a Sunday morning, but uh, I'm having fun tonight. There's not much I'd rather do than talk Oklahoma City Thunder uh, basketball with you. And right after this, I'm going to record an episode of Locked On Sooners, and uh, we'll be talking a lot of spring football there. So listen to that as well, if, in fact, you dig Oklahoma Sooner sports. If not, nah, listen anyway, because it'll flatter me. Um, if I'm Billy Donovan, this is a... This is a film that I watch over and over again with Patrick Ferguson because essentially the guy you're trying to turn him into defensively is Patrick Beverly. Patrick Beverly, we always talk so much about Paul George and his defensive prowess or a guy like Draymond Green. Patrick Beverly is truly one of the unsung defensive heroes in the NBA. And I would love nothing more than to see Terrence Ferguson become a lot more like him. And so let's take anything away from Terrence Ferguson. I think Terrence Ferguson's a fabulous defensive player. But let's talk about some things that Patrick Beverly really does well. I mean, and, it, and it's hard. The thing that's great about Beverly, it's hard to say the one thing that he does best. Because what I really, there, there's so many things I love about his game. And I realize I'm speaking blasphemy uh, to Oklahoma City Thunder fans right now because you're still holding all the grudges against him for hurting Russ and ruining the Thunder's opportunity at a championship in the uh, 2013 season. But one thing that Beverly I saw did great last night, um, his help defense is awesome. Uh, he is so quick coming over to help that when he is going to help you with your man, if, if you are thinking about getting the ball back to the guy he's guarding, he can recover so quick that it is almost as if he never really left that area. He can get to and from so quick that it, that it's going to hamper whoever has the ball at that time. It, it's truly amazing. Hands incredibly active last night. Just unbelievably had this way of getting under Paul George's skin. Um, Of any time that... Anytime he had an opportunity to stick his hand in there and force PG 
to have enforced PG to a situation where that ball might get loose. Beverly was taking advantage of it. And I the one I I loved was the one that you kind of saw Paul George falling, uh, and he was looking for a call. And I want to say it was Gallinari that was probably standing in front of George at that time. But as George was falling, Beverly was able to poke the ball loose and um, go down and and start a fast break opportunity. Now on that same play. Um, that Beverly was able to get the ball loose from from Paul George. I think that was also the same play where you saw Russell Westbrook recover and commit a foul himself to not give an, an easy two points. And I don't think it was Gallinari. Maybe it was uh, Zubak that was doing that, um, that, that was during that play. But I love that. The other thing I love is that he's constantly in his player's jersey all night long. And, and he's so good at what he does that... He is a guy that you're going to stick on the best player every night when another team comes into town or you're going someplace. This is what Terrence Ferguson has to become. He has to be the guy that you are putting on the best player night in, night out. As it stands, that's not the way it is. And I get it. Sometimes there's there's matchup situations. Like you right now, you want Paul George on Andrew Wiggins. I eventually want to see Terrence Ferguson take that assignment. The And one more thing, I'll give Beverly credit last night. You're playing Oklahoma City's best player. You're playing a guy that is in, you're playing a guy that is incredibly versatile in Paul George. He can beat you in so many different ways, uh, whether it's defensively, whether it's it's shooting the ball, going to the paint. I mean, come on, you, countless ways Paul George can beat you. Beverly only fouled him three times. And again, I can already hear the complaints. Well, you know, the refs weren't fair to the Thunder last night, whatever. But Ferguson has already shown us that when he plays a guy like Donovan Mitchell, when he uh, played Buddy Heel and fouled out on back-to-back nights playing those guys, I want to see him be able to defend without fouling. That's what you can take from a guy like Patrick Beverly. Regardless of whether or not you're still... Um, irritated, beyond irritated, mad, whatever at this guy. He plays defense in a manner that not only deserves to be appreciated, but deserves to be talked about a lot more than what it does. He he is that guy, and I get it. He's annoying. He's a talker. But he also, I mean, the middle game, the middle game, he's got an edge over people. And last night, he had an edge over Paul George. You don't see many people get an edge over George. George beats people. Beverly beat him last night. Beverly did, and George is still feeling the effects of it. That's why you have the Twitter beef with these two. Um, I give I give him all the credit of the world, man. You can get in Paul George's head. You are, you're a special kind of player. Very special. I'll tell you who else was special last night on that game, and I know this is locked on thunder, and I'm here plays, uh, praising Clippers players, but Lou Williams, um, just the quicks that he has and the ability to get into the paint uh, was something I was kind of in awe of at watching this game the second time around. Now, a lot of that is just the fact that he's faster than a lot of dudes on the court and he's able to get in and work himself around a slower guy like Steven Adams. But you start talking about players that the Thunder covet, that if you could ever get your hands on them, Lou Williams is a guy that comes to mind. Patrick Beverly is a guy that comes to mind. And I sort of walked away from that game last night instead of being mad about the officiating and feeling sorry for Paul George and Russell Westbrook. I I walked away from that game last night thinking, if there's any way to get Beverly, if there's any way to get um, 
to get Lou Williams. Let's do it. And again, I just think about Terrence Ferguson so much taking Andre Robertson's place in Oklahoma City. Robertson's superb defender. Ferguson can be better. He can be better than Andre Robertson, but you need to know whose games you need to take elements out of, and Beverly's definitely one of those guys. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Mary G. Coming up next, um, there was something extremely positive that came out of last night's game. I'll tell you what that is next, and we'll talk about it here on LOT. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. If you're listening to Locked on Thunder in your car, I thank you. If you told your smart device to play this podcast, then uh, it's an even bigger thumbs up for me uh, and my family. They would like to thank you for listening to this podcast as well. But don't forget about all the other podcasts that we've got in the Locked on Podcast Network. Just go to LockedOnPodcast.com. You can check them all out. Every one of them are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify, and even your smart speaker. But the best way to listen is in your car because... Usually these episodes are about half an hour or a little less, and so many experts throughout this network, we can get you to work, we can get you from home, and I really hope you're enjoying it, and uh, would love your feedback at LockedOnThunder.com, but thank you very much for listening to this, and if you're supporting Locked On Sooners as well, I I thank you for that. Um, The biggest positive from last night's game was I, I'm going to go ahead and call it bench play, but it was more the ability of that lineup uh, last night, which had, um, who, who was on the floor at that time that I saw? It was Nader, it was Schroeder, you had Markeith Morris, who was, on that line, who was on that lineup, you had Terrence Ferguson, and Nerlens Noel. So you had three guys with a lot of experience. And two guys that had three years of experience between them. But the ability for Schroeder and Noel and that group to keep Oklahoma City in the game. When Jeremy Grant came in and played with that lineup. The fact that they were able to play with both Russ and PG sitting on the bench with four fouls. They were able to learn that they can keep this team in a game. That if something were to happen, if those guys were to get hurt, if they're in foul trouble, like I'm pretty sure Paul George is going to be in foul trouble with the playoffs. I'm not sweating it now. And I honestly thought at about, what, 404 left in the game, we were going to be singing the praises of Schroeder and Noel um, when they cut that lead to 94-91 after that alley-oop, is that that was going to be the spark that would carry Oklahoma City past the Los Angeles Clippers. But when you're looking for a team to grow up, the best way to grow up is when you have your two closers sitting on your bench, your two best players. And if you realize you can win without them, or at least keep yourself in a game without them, the boost of confidence is just incredible. And it's it sounds so college to say this, but it's like a thing with college and high school kids. Shots fall, they're going to play tougher defense. Well, 
Now, it's essentially the same thing with, with the NBA. Shots start falling, you're playing harder defense, all of a sudden you're looking around, things are clicking. Now you kind of feel like, ah, yeah, we can get past we can get past these guys. We can do it. We can keep them in it. We can we can be one of the reasons that they can win. And the Thunder bench had over 30 points last night. And they still got outscored by the Clippers bench. But you take Lou Williams 40 freaking points away last night. Clips bench only had 20. No, excuse me, 10. Sorry, mass a little off this early in the morning. I sung the praises of Patrick Beverly on this podcast for doing a great job against Paul George. But it is worth mentioning that Paul George has had his third bad shooting night in a row. And what that tells me, and look, for Beverly was good last night, and I don't know that necessarily PG was going to have a really good shooting night against Beverly, and he wasn't going to have one that first night back with the Timberwolves, it's understand, but I expected it to be a little bit better, that that middle game uh, be a little bit better, be a little bit more efficient. But what that certainly tells me is that when you've got three of those games in a row, you are still hurt. Something about something about it, and you watch a shot. There are times it just looks off. It looks a little uh, forced. Um, I want to sway a couple of times. It looked like I saw him wince last night when he took that when he took that shot. But that tells me he's still hurt. He still needs to get rest. But the Thunder are in a really weird situation because they can't afford to have him out because they need that defense. <laughs> they need his defense more than they may need his offense in 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 certain ways. So. Yeah, you want to put him on the shelf, but you're also stuck in such a tight playoff race that you need to have Paul George out there and you need to have him push through. And what I worry about is that that rotator cuff doesn't get any better and then come playoff time, he's still not 100%. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. We'll be back tomorrow or later today on Sunday to start getting you ready for the upcoming game with the Utah Jazz. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Terrence Ferguson and playing Spider Mitchell or Spida Mitchell and how, if there's any way, can he guard Donovan Mitchell without fouling? We'll discuss that tomorrow. It's all right here on Locked on Thunder. And until tomorrow, may God bless you and your family. Everybody love everybody. Peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.